This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Very serious. This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Hi, my name is Christopher Flannery. I was very high energy leading into this whole podcast recording, but now we ate. We're kind of sitting here. Energy's kind of waning. We got a good program. Hey, Joey. Hey, Chris. How you doing? I, well, like I just said, I, I felt like I was. Uh, my energy has just waned a little well, bit. My energy's up. Oh, son of 31. a thirty-one. Let's do it. Yes. Go team. It's the crystal that's keeping yes. him excited. Yeah, it's a crystal. Crystal now, meth. So, I have a quote for you. Happy birthday, Joey. Thank you. I want to say your your birthday was yesterday. Yes, it was. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It was a fantastic birthday. I just want to thank everyone for uh, the reach outs, the tweets, the text messaging, the Facebook posts. Much appreciated. Very nice. But I have a quote for you, okay? Before and we even tell people what's going on, you're yes. going to go right into a quote. I'm going right. to go right into a quote. Now, this is loosely translated from Greek. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay, okay. you ready? <clears throat> you have the power to strip away many superfluous troubles. Superfluous. Yes. Located highly in your judgment. And to possess a large room for yourself, embracing in thought the whole cosmos, to consider everlasting time, to think the rapid change in the parts of each thing, of how short it is from birth until dissolution, and how the void before birth and after that dissolution are equally infinite. Infinite, yeah. Now, who said that? Socrates. No. Marcus... Aurelius. Okay. And do you know who used to ca- carry a book by Marcus Aurelius? Who? Mad Dog. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, what a tease from yes. Joey. Yes. Uh, Donald Trump's selection for defense secretary. What's his first name? It's Mad Dog Mattis, right? Yes. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit later. All right. So you like that quote? Love the quote. What does it mean to you, Joe? It means that. We sometimes have to sit down and think of all the possibilities. Yeah. Well, you're infinite. You're made of stardust, Joey. That's awesome. Am I going to yell at you again for scrolling with the mouse? I mean, oh come on! I don't want to really? scream at you. You know, it's your birthday, but <laughs> it's the most annoying sound of all time. <laughs> I can't take it. All right, so I would not be scrolling at all. No. This is going to be an interesting uh, podcast. No, it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be like a like a normal one. It's going to be very good. This week on the program, we're talking about a possible win for water protectors at the Dakota Access Pipeline site, a mistrial in the Walter Scott case, the Pope on fake news and abortion, hmm. climate scientists condemning tabloid news, Al Gore, Edward Snowden, and the Trump administration update wow that's a packed episode i actually feel like i might have skipped over the climate scientists condemning tabloid news thing we'll find out we'll find out when we go through the rundown if i skipped it by accident we'll have it for next week uh before we do any of that stuff joey yes we got an email from jessica uh in in reference to the tennessee wildfires that we talked about last week Mm -hmm. i also want to give a quick shout out to jolene who sent an email with an uh, an article link attached to it. I didn't get a chance to read that article yet, so I just want to let Jolene know I got your email. I answered you online, 
and you know, I'll read the article and we'll, we'll talk about your email next week. Cause it seemed very interesting. It was in relation to the future of society Ooh. and manufacturing and different outcomes and possibilities. So it was a very interesting, uh, you know, it's an interesting article that I want to get to. All right. You want to get to this email from Jessica? Yes. Jessica says, hello, man, Samp men. Oh, Ooh. one of us here is no. <laughs> Oh, you're 31. You're you're an adult. <laughs> I thought I could give a little insight into the wildfire situation in Tennessee. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Matt was speculating. Oh, yeah, Matt's not here because we were recording earlier today. So just Matt couldn't make it. But um, there's a wildfire going in Tennessee that I feel like didn't get a ton of coverage. And I suggested that it's possible. I had to believe that it had something to do with climate change. You know, that's like the the initial thought. Yes, that it I makes had. sense. Um I have the actual answer of what happened, and Jessica, let's read her email right now. I live about 30 miles outside of where these fires are burning, so as you mentioned, climate change could have been the issue at hand. What I know is that a burn ban was placed by Bill Haslam on November 14th for 51 counties in response to ongoing drought, which could be the climate change issue at hand, and a fire, they are unsure of uh, as of now if arson or accidental um, or accidental at chimney tops trail on Wednesday, November 30th spread throughout Gatlinburg only to be exacerbated by strong winds, 87 miles an hour occurring at the same time. The Smokies are a staple of East Tennessee. It's what we're known for. The wildfire affected more than 700 businesses and homes. And the wellness of our wildlife has also been an issue. And though the Gatlinburg fire has been the most destructive, 19 wildfires were burning across six Southeast States on Wednesday. They estimate that fires have consumed more than 15,000 acres of forest in the Great Smoky Mountains alone. This is just some info uh, I thought I'd throw out since you didn't have the info last episode. All the best, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Right, thank you it. for reaching out and letting us know about that. Not a good situation at all. No, and they actually discover that it's two juveniles. They don't release their name because they're kids. They started the fire. So it's a being treated as a you know an arson slash yeah. accident. They fucked up, but... Um, Regardless, the cause, you know, I, I, climate change certainly is exacerbating the amount of wildfires that are taking place. Like she alluded to, there's, there's drought. Mm -hmm. So there's more dry, you know, kindling type of things going on. So this, this one, I guess, in this case, wasn't related to that. But you have to say this, the quickness with which it spread could have to do with that, you know? Well, especially with the high winds. Yeah, but that's not affected by climate change. But yes, if, if you're blowing, you know, fire into drier areas that are drier than they normally would be because of drought. It's all going to go up. Yeah, then it's all going to go up. So, all right. Well, thank you, Jessica. We appreciate that email. And again, Jolene, we're going to get to yours next, next week. week. Yeah, you, you should read that article too, Jay. I'll send it to you. Nice. Um, all right. First thing I want to get into here, Jill Stein's recount 2016. All right. I have a question. Sure. Why is Jill even doing this? Well, I got to say, yes, you know, I voted for Jill Stein. I like the platform of the Green Party. Yes. Okay. You watch how this whole thing goes down and it's like, well, this is why the Green Party is in. Obviously, third parties have a very difficult time in American politics to begin with. But you watch the way this was handled poorly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it, it, it raises questions about like, ugh. This is why. You know All right, I mean? so tell me what happened. So a state appeals court in Michigan ruled that Jill Stein's uh, poor election showing has disqualified her from asking for a recount. They had started it three days ago, and then they stopped it, and they were like, you know what? We don't even have to do this. Like, there's no reason to be doing it. You, It's not going to help you win. No, it's not. So, okay, they stopped it. And the possibility of a Pennsylvania recount is going to be cited in federal court tomorrow 
the December 13th deadline for recount is obviously quickly approaching and we'll see what goes on there. I also got to say this, I mean, not to just criticize Jill Stein, at least she's giving it a shot. Although there's absolutely no indication that any of this would have overturned the election results. She's said that, you know, um, it should be easier. I think to trigger a recount, I think that should be an automatic for the most part. That's, that's another thing that is being shown here because if you did say there was reason, really reason to think that there was fraud and that this Mm -hmm. thing could actually be overturned. It shouldn't be, you know, a $10 million effort for three states and all this work and it's going to go to court and this, no, it should be, okay, we're just going to read, we're just going to (laughs) recount, you know, it shouldn't be that difficult, but, but I, that being said, I don't think she's gone about it correctly. It's like, why didn't you think about this before the election? You could have started this process, like raising money and getting awareness out there. I mean, like no matter what happens, we're going to ask for a recount. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's get on the ball. I have some other stuff here. We're good. Well, the the one thought I, the the one thing that I thought was interesting was apparently Joe Stein and the Green Party had the ability to watch a uh, a testing of the voting machines that it was a, it was made available to them to witness them testing the machines and they know and they chose not to be present. Oh, really? When was that? Like obviously before the election? Yes. Right? And yeah, and the judge alluded to that that voted on it, uh, Judge Stern. Yeah, the guy from Philly. Uh, hold on. No, no, it's no, a I'm different sorry. person. Yeah. No, it's Abe Thetman. Oh the yeah, judge. yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, okay, well, yeah. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. This obviously wasn't planned out very well. No, not at all. And I think it hurts the Green Party. I think it makes her look stupid. I think it makes them look disorganized. You know. Well, my question is, is well, what what happened to the six point nine million dollars? Because they can't go forward. So, what happens to that money? Well, they were very they were no, they were very clear about that. That if the recounts couldn't happen, or there was extra money, or whatever, it was going to go towards like voting um, verification systems. Oh, okay. and things, you know, they're going to put it towards ensuring that the vote is more accurate year after gotcha. year. You know. I don't know exactly, but that's essentially what it is. You'd have to go on the website, but you know. Yeah. Hillary. So Wisconsin did go ahead. They're doing the recount. In oh, Wisconsin. yay. 70% recounted. Uh-huh. Hillary Clinton has, in fact, gained votes. Would you like to guess how many votes Hillary Clinton gained in Wisconsin? 70% recounted. Okay, okay, let's think. We're doing a recount. So this is important. It's for President of the United States. There was a mistake. At least 2,000. She gained 82 votes. Wait, what? In Wisconsin. She's only gained 82 votes, 70% of the, the votes recounted. So rest assured, it wasn't... Democracy hasn't been failed. No, it wasn't bullshit. Like, he okay. really won. All right, just checking. You got, you know, like, the steps... It was not a game day fuck-up. It was days and days and weeks before the election, and people just didn't accept the signs there. That's it. Trump won. Do you think Hillary is proud of those 82 votes? She doesn't care anymore. It's over, right? She doesn't care. Okay. Yeah. Judge, like you said, I, I guess it's Abby F. Flatman, ruled on Wednesday that Stein had missed her chance to forensically examine Philly's voting machines, saying, quote, there is absolutely no evidence of any voting irregularities. So, hmm. okay. I mean, I'm satisfied. Like, I'm not shocked that Trump won. Right, it's possible. It was always possible. Yeah, and it doesn't, and it makes sense. The people that voted for him, there's plenty of evidence that he did win. So, and there's no evidence that he did that he cheated. Yeah, that's. Uh... So let's let it go. I understand what Jill's point was. I guess just be like, listen, you know, let's ensure. But 
It's a lot of money and it's a lot of time, and I think they missed the boat on it. So what happens now is Jill disappears for four years, and then we see her again going against Biden. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, you're just saying Biden. Mm-hmm. Biden's running. I mean, there's speculation. Yeah, but Jesus, yeah, yeah. Biden's not gonna. He's not gonna. Run. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I think Jill Stein will be back. She's probably not going to be the right. She's never going to win, obviously, the presidency, but I don't even know if she's the right person to lead the party going forward. You know, you need somebody that's more charismatic, somebody that actually, I don't know. This is this is like annoying to watch her do this. Now. It's too much of a circus. Right? Well, if you were, yeah, because if you were going to do it, do it right. Yeah. Prove that you can run it. You know what I mean? But she couldn't. So, all right. And it could have something to do, obviously, with it's difficult to have an election, uh, a recount. Yeah. But I bet Hillary could have done it. You know what I mean? Like if 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 it was the shoes yeah, on the other foot, Hillary could get this fucking recount done, guaranteed. I'm pretty sure Hillary knew she was beat and didn't even bother with it. That's not what I'm saying. Of course, she's not. She doesn't want the recount. She said she'd help them. You know. Yeah. Like day to day, but she wasn't calling for a recount. I'm saying if it was a situation where there was a recount warranted and Hillary felt like there should be one, oh yeah, she they'd get the done. fucking thing done. And I know they're working with more money and different people, but like. That's the point, yeah. you know? Okay. Bo Bergdahl, Joey. Mm-hmm. Remember Bo Bergdahl? I do not, actually. Are you serious? He was captured by the Taliban. For, he was there for five years. We exchanged him for five Guantanamo prisoners. It was a whole big deal. They Forgot it. Charged him with desertion. You're a son of a bitch. Bo Bergdahl, the army sergeant who had been held captive for five years by the Taliban and who was later exchanged for five Taliban prisoners at Gitmo, has reportedly requested a pardon from outgoing President Barack Hussein Obama. Bergdahl's court-martial will begin on May 15th at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I, well, you don't remember it, so it's going to be hard to have a conversation with you about Bo Bergdahl now. He was a guy that probably, I don't think, should have been... Well, he got captured, and the way he got captured, it's it's still really particularly unknown. Some people claim he got drunk and, you know, he wandered around a little, and the Taliban got him. Yeah, it's murky. As far as I'm concerned, this is a person that was not, shouldn't have been in the military necessarily. It's somebody that wanted to travel, see the world. Mm -hmm. Wasn't necessarily a a warrior type, you know, like a, a military type person. Didn't really want to kill anyone, as I understand it. And, you know... People are saying that he he's deserted. To me, it's somebody that that got a little wanderlust, kind of walked walked around mm-hmm. and tried to see some of the world that he wanted to see, and that was the way he was going to do it. And yes, he got caught by the Taliban, and you know people are pissed off that we exchanged prisoners for him. What he's an American soldier. He maybe made a mistake. I don't think he tried to get anybody hurt. Yes, people got killed trying to find him. But he didn't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that was his intention. And, you know, we'll see how the trial goes. I would like to see Obama pardon all these people. All right. So I got a question for you. Well, wait. And I got to. So let before we even get into it, President-elect Trump called Bergdahl a, quote, dirty, rotten traitor at a town hall in August 2015. By the way, Donald Trump got five deferments from Vietnam, one for health reasons. He had bone spurs in his heel and four for education. Are so, you really going after Donald Trump for Nope, I would have not wanted to go to Vietnam too. All right, but just they're gonna—he's gonna call this guy a dirty, rotten traitor. Okay, he was there. <laughs> he was in Afghanistan. He volunteered to go. So okay. let's, you know, give me a fucking break. But yeah, no, I don't fault Trump for not wanting to go to Vietnam. Of course. All right. So in life, we have to go by uh, precedents, right? Sure. So there was a precedent. Well, no, we don't. Sure. Okay. I mean, okay so there's fine. some people that don't have to go by the precedent. Okay. They can create their own. Okay. 
I'm, I'm going to throw this out there, and you, and you tell me what it means. Okay. okay. In 2006, Bagdi entered basic training in the United States Coast Guard. But Wait, who? Who are we talking about? Oh, Bergdahl. 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 Yeah. Okay. He said Bagdi. Bogdog. I'm sorry. It's a very odd no, spelling. it's Bergdahl. Okay, Bogdahl. You said Bagdi. <laughs> Discharged <laughs> after 26 days for psychological reasons and received an uncharacteristic discharge. Yeah. This is the first time. Yes, 2006. Right, and then he got back in the military. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, there's more to the story there where there's okay. somebody that's not, you know, I think he was very disillusioned or per- potentially he had some kind of issue where he didn't really understand what the situation mm-hmm. was. Meanwhile, rises to the rank of sergeant in the army. Yes. Okay. Um, but yes, his, his goal was to travel around and like see the world. I don't think he anticipated rightly or wrongly that he was going to be involved in a war and that he was going to be, you know, I, I just don't see that happening. Okay. So I was being honest that I happened to tell you that I didn't recall this. So I looked it up. Do you know who focused on him quite recently? It was actually this year. No. Oh, Serial, yeah. Serial 2, season 2. Yeah, I didn't listen to it. I didn't listen to Serial 1 either. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I produce podcasts, never heard Serial. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. But you know what's also interesting? I I have an email from him from 2009. You contacted Bo Bergdahl? No, I I had access to his personal email account. May I uh, read the email? Is this a joke? I don't know what you're doing. Is this a joke? No, 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 no. This is the actual uh, email. This was sent June 27th, 2009, before he was captured. Can I just tell you something? Yes. Stop doing that. I'm I'm asking a question. You just just get louder and talk over me. Don't do that. Relax. I didn't mean to talk over you. I'm I'm saying, so you were doing some research, and there was emails from different articles and things that Bo Bergdahl sent, or letters. Yeah, go ahead. The future is too good to waste on lies. And life is way too short to care for the damnation of others, as well as to spend it helping fools with their ideals that are wrong. I have seen their ideals, and I am ashamed to even be American. The horror of self-righteousness arrogance that they thrive, thrive in. It is all revolting. Three good uh, surgeons. Sergeants? Sergeants, thank you had been forced to move to another company, and one of the biggest shitbags is being put in charge of the team. My battalion commander was a conceited old fool. In the U.S. Army, you are cut down for being honest, but if you are conceited brown-nosing shitbag, you will be allowed to do whatever you want, and you will be handed your higher rank. The system is wrong. I am ashamed to be an American. And the title of U.S. soldier is just a lie of fools. I think that's enough. I don't want to read any more. No, yeah, you don't have to read more of it. But I think you understand where he might be coming from. Yeah, of course. Well, listen, let let me say this. That sounds very catcher in the rye to me. I think there's somebody that, you know, all these like phonies and whatever, like he's got that type of thing. It's disillusionment. That's what you're hearing. He wasn't prepared to be in this situation and mentally potentially he had an issue and, you know, um, yeah, that's the thing. Like you joined again, I think he joined a group expecting one thing. And when he sees the reality of it, where it's like, yes, this is a very rigid organization because they're the military, you know, they're being trained to go into terrible situations and be prepared for death and killing and all this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not what he was there for. But I think there's also 
something that needs to be talked about is look at the commercials that are on TV though, when they advertise the army or the military Mm -hmm. and you got somebody fucking at an easel in a field. And it's like, I learned this in the military. It's like, that's not what the military's for. And it should be illegal (laughs) that they're allowed to advertise that way where they tell you like, you can get into computers. You just got to go to Iraq. Like, well, okay. You know, that's a bullshit thing to be selling to people. Um, but yes, I mean, it's, you know, yes, that's a bit, that's a revealing email. And like I said, it's very catcher in the rye, Mm -hmm. the the way that sounds to me. So, but by the same token, Chelsea Manning, I think is not somebody that's mentally messed up. I think it's somebody that went into the military and then learned some things that that were troubling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pat Tillman, another one who a hundred percent went into the military thinking he was doing the right thing after nine 11 and was very disillusioned by that and ended up getting killed in friendly fire. And that's a whole nother story, but it's not the first person that said this. It's not the first person that's come back. John Kerry, you know, protested after Vietnam and threw his medals on the yes. White House lawn. That's that happens sometimes. And I think that, you know, people should be allowed to do that as well. The problem is Bo Bergdahl was in the actual he was in the army at the time that he deserted. So, yes. you know, because that's the only way you can desert, but um, you know, he probably didn't go about it the right way. But does that mean the kid should be in jail for 30 years? No, probably not. And should he have really been back in the military to begin with? What's the screening process there? I don't see Obama coming through for this gentleman. Obama's got a lot on his plate. He's got, you know, what, two and a half weeks to, to, uh, well, three weeks, four Mm -hmm. weeks to do it. Um, Yeah, man. You know, he can't help everybody. And he already helped Bo Bergdahl by getting him the fuck away from the Taliban. So, yes. uh, you know, I don't know how much more he's going to do there. Very hot button issue. Yeah, we're definitely going to stay on top of it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. All right, ready to move on? Yes. Dakota Access Pipeline, Joey. Over the weekend, over 2,000 U.S. military veterans arrived at Cannonball, North Dakota to help support the Standing Rock Sioux by building barracks and to serve as human shields if necessary. Native American leaders asked the veterans to avoid confrontation and not get arrested. I have some quotes in the email here. National Nurses United donated $50,000 to support the U.S. veterans on hand. That's awesome. It is. Here are some of the quotes that I have. Ashley Jennifer Parker is a former Coast Guard member. This is some of the military people that arrived. She said, the militarized police paid for by tax dollars is unconstitutional. Mark Sanderson, who's a former special forces guy, says people are being brutalized. Concussion grenades are being thrown into crowds. They're spraying people, even old women and other elders of the tribe with tear gas and pepper spray. And all of this is just unconstitutional. I can't believe the media hasn't taken more of an interest in this. I bled in Iraq and you're going to threaten to shoot me on a bridge in North Dakota. Representative Tulsi Gabbard, who's a Democrat from Hawaii, who served two tours in Iraq, she was there and she said, if my participation in this protest helps send one message, it is this. We must protect protect our fragile water resources for current and future generations. She's a very staunch environmentalist and a, a military member and a representative from Hawaii, mm-hmm. who Trump actually invited to the White House for something. I'm not exactly sure what it would be. Um, anyway, meanwhile, on Monday... The Army Corps of Engineers announced they will not grant the permit for the Dakota Access Pipeline to drill under the Missouri River in a major victory for the Standing Rock Sioux. Energy transfer partners can sue, uh, and Trump can overturn. Energy transfer partners has filed in district court in uh, D.C. So by them suing, they're not suing for money, but they're suing 
to or over, the right to do it to overturn the to like dispute the fact yes. that they're not going to get this permit. The chairman of the Standing Rock Sioux, Dave Arshambo, has called on water protectors, quote, to go home because now they've gotten the right result here and things are going to get tied up in court. It would be very difficult for this to be overturned. Trump could do it, but it'd be difficult. So we'll see. I also have some quotes here. This is Joe Ellen Darcy, who is the U.S. Army Assistant Secretary for Civil Work. She says, although we have had continuing discussion and exchanges of new information with the Standing Rock Sioux and Dakota Access, it's clear that there's more work to do. The best way to complete the work responsibly and expeditiously is to explore alternate routes for this pipeline crossing. So uh, how much of the pipeline was actually completed? A, A lot of it. I mean, I think they were... 80 90 percent done with it they needed a final permit to like finish the pipeline Ooh, that's that's tough sucks for them yeah Ooh. people power bro people got out there and actually protested and were like yeah we're not gonna leave so i know a horribly traded yep but they won right now they won they're, they're winning. winning they're winning you they're know winning. it's like let's let's hope that it stays that way but okay jake damon who's a navajo nation member from albuquerque new mexico he says it's the silver water serpent coming from the air to beat the black snake. This is referring to a prophecy of a black snake that many have interpreted uh, interpreted to mean the pipeline, which is interesting. I like shit like that. This wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for the unity of the tribes. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then Frank Archambeau, who's the Standing Rock Sioux member and brother of Dave Archambeau, who we just talked about, who's the chairman of the tribe. He says, it's a trick. It's a lie. Until that drill is shut down, it's not over yet. Everybody needs to stay in place. We've been lied to and deceived this whole time. Why should this time be any different? I think he's right. Maybe. They They can't can't. go home. They can't go home because those bastards, you know they would drag out those machines and finish the The pipeline. The machines are still there now, but they can't do that. They cannot do that. They they they're (laughs) they're so susceptible to legality then at that point. Like that's what they're concerned about. They don't give a shit. It's a fine and a slap on the wrist. No, no, no. They can't just do that without the they can't do it without the permit. Danny Grassrope, who's a lower Bruce Sue member, says we have uh, we know Dakota Access Pipeline can can appeal. This battle is won, but the war isn't over. We'll see, but for now, this is a very big victory for the Standing Rock Sioux and the Water Protectors. Um, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I saw, uh, like, the tea leaves. When I heard that the veterans, when 2,000 of them were going to come and show solidarity and stand with the tribes. Yeah. Because the last thing they can do is hose down veterans that fought for this country over a pipeline. You think so? Absolutely. I could not. I, I, I can't phantom them doing that. The uh, president elected the United States said that John McCain was a loser for getting captured and tortured. Uh-huh. And people agreed with him and he got elected. <laughs> so you, you oh, could so think, that happened. You could think that all you want. It's very easy to go, well, these fucking, these aren't the vets we're talking about. These are traitors. These guys aren't. This is not who we're talking about. Oh, so those guys who served our country and just happen to be at this pipeline now are uh, scumbag traders yeah because they don't apparently support american values america and capitalism and yeah you know look we let them protest but this is it and if they're going to be down there they're not part of the cause yeah of course dude any that's the problem with that type of like bullshit tough talk and oh we love the troops and blah Mm -hmm. blah blah yeah you love them the ones that agree with you nice you know like they it's very easy to just disregard them john Kerry, how many republicans or whatever, people that vote Republican, mm-hmm. when they hear the name John Kerry go, I don't agree with him politically, but great soldier. 
they fucking hate John Kerry because yeah, they he threw his medal and they go, yeah. he disrespected America. Meanwhile, he was in fuck. He got a purple heart in fucking Vietnam. But this is not some. You know what I mean? Nah, so it's, it's yeah. that easy. It's a double standard. Well, there is no standard. It's if you agree with me, great. If yeah. you don't, then you can go fuck yourself. You're not. You don't count. Bo Bergdahl is a soldier. Chelsea Manning is a soldier. Uh-huh. We don't support them because they did. They did bad. They did something bad. Uh, that chain only, of command. Yeah, we only support soldiers that are. 100% rule followers, you know, so, okay. Okay. Uh, They'd shoot them. So. Well, I got more here, but good. All right. You brought up Donald Trump. Yeah. I I had an idea, and may I tell you a tweet that I would give anything for him to tweet? <laughs> sure. Okay. Country before company. Yeah. That's not going to happen, big guy. That's what I want. Yeah, but you know what? That would be my slogan. If I was going to run Republican after Trump or whoever this shit fest is going to be, country before company. It's cute. Good luck. That's not going to happen. And I think a lot of people want, a lot of people that voted for Trump want the country to be run like a company. Whether they know that or not, the policies that they're supporting and the ideas that they're supporting, that is what they want. You know, they want Mm -hmm. the country to be run like a business. And that's why I think a part of the appeal for Trump, he's a billionaire. He seems, you know, he's been successful at a, at a lot of the things he's done. And and why not as president? Right. If he can make himself a billionaire and do all these great things, Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. People think that that's what he's going to do for the country. Not realizing that this, the country is not a for-profit venture. Uh, it's a means of governance <laughs> and it's, you know, okay. Anyway, finally, I'm glad you brought him up. According to a Reuters report, a group of Trump advisors on Native American issues want to privatize the more than 56 million acres of tribal lands now controlled by the tribes in the federal government's Bureau of Indian Affairs. Native reservations hold 20% or so of the remaining U.S. oil and gas reserves. That's $1.5 trillion. And you know... Somebody gotten fucked up. Those pieces of garbage are just salivating, waiting to take those lands away from those people. Oh, somebody fucked up. I guess they didn't survey the land before they gave it to them, did they? Now they didn't know. They didn't know they needed natural gas. Mm, that's a lot whatever. of money. That that to me, that's justice. You know, you you. Well, I wouldn't call it justice. Well, yet, they, you know what I mean. They're gonna okay, find fine. a way to take that fucking yes. land away, and that's what you're seeing now. It's a disregard for it. It's like, yeah, look, we get it. We murdered a bunch of your ancestors. Like, you got these casinos. We gave you this land, but we got to build a fucking oil pipeline. So I don't know what you're complaining about. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, but our ancestors are buried here. And we, our kids won't have water. And they're like, well, nah, fuck that. Fucking move to a town. All right. You don't get to keep this land. That argument is coming. And yeah. privatization is coming with the Trump administration. So all these people that think that this guy is going to be some savior for you. Okay. He's going to privatize fucking everything. Anything he can, anything that's not strapped down. He's going to privatize that shit. It's a scary thought. Well, I don't think it's a scary thought. I think it's a reality. I think that's what's going to happen. So, okay. Then those are, those are the one of the guys on the Native American like advisory board for Trump is Native American. He's Cherokee. He doesn't give a fuck. No, because he's got green in his wallet. Yeah. Yes. All right. Anything else? It's a good win. I mean, it's a good win right now for the uh, the Standing Rock Sioux, and I think it shows you the importance of protesting and doing the right thing. They didn't. They weren't violent. They were doing the right thing there. They weren't. Yeah. I. Yeah, it's far from over. Well, yeah. I mean, it goes through the appeals process, and we'll see if people are going to leave. And you know. Yeah. Okay. 
Walter Scott, Michael Slager. On Monday, Judge Clifton Noonan, Newman excuse me, declared a mistrial in the case against former South Carolina officer Michael Slager, who was caught on film shooting unarmed father of four, Walter Scott, five times from behind after Scott fled a routine traffic stop in April 2015. The jury was comprised of 11 white people, one black person. The result was due to one juror who could not, quote, in good conscience, consider a guilty verdict. I have a few Michael Slager quotes in the email, but why don't we listen to the video of the judge uh, declaring the mistrial? Yes. Mr. Foreman, members of the jury, I received a note that says we as a jury regret to inform the court that despite the best efforts of all members, we are unable to come to unanimous decision in the case of the state versus Michael Slager. Uh, is that correct, Mr. Foreman? Yes, sir. All right. Well. The uh, court, therefore, must declare a mistrial in this case, and I so declare that this case um, is mistried. I want to uh, thank you for your valiant effort and your hard work in trying to uh, reach a unanimous verdict in this case. Uh, it's a difficult uh, task, as I explained the other day. And um, that's the way our system works. Oh, it doesn't. No, it doesn't work. I this one to me. You remember this one? Yeah. This one is is to me as clear as clear as any that this guy should not be dead. You know, we watched this video. To me, Slager could have caught him. <laughs> he could have chased him down and caught him instead uh -huh. of shooting him in the back. This is a. This one is very obviously. Ne you know negligence on the part of the cop here that it's a traffic stop yeah i mean he shouldn't have run but okay he was not shooting at the cop he didn't no. have a gun we know he didn't so this one was very clearly a um it's a murder that's what it is he killed him michael slager these are some of his quotes my family has been this is during his you know the trial mm. my family has been destroyed by this scott's family has been destroyed by this it's horrible i felt total fear as he came towards me I fired my firearm until the threat was stopped. And then he said, my mind was like spaghetti. I would have asked them to elaborate on that one. Yeah. Just a little. Like, Well, well I mean, we've, we've heard it before. He doesn't know. Like, I know. He fucking panicked. And I don't know if that's a good enough excuse. I, I just don't know why we live in a world where someone panics, automatically reaches for the gun, and then shoots five times. Well... There's a number of things in play there. I don't think Slager wanted to kill somebody that day. You know what I mean? I don't think it was a race-related thing, but maybe it is. Maybe where's the where's the fear coming from? Because the guy gets out of his car and runs. It doesn't mean he's going to kill you. No. And again, you certainly don't have to shoot him five times in the back. He was right behind him. You could shoot him in the leg. And people have said, "Well, that's unrealistic." Well, we saw it. Uh, recently, I forget what case it was. It's like, oh, look, they can't shoot you in the <laughs> leg if they want to. Ugh. So that's another one. To me, that's extremely clear that that this was, you know, he somebody should have been found guilty here. And it's one juror that... Think about being that one juror, though. Could not in good conscience you consider a guilty night? verdict because in good conscience he couldn't sleep at night or she couldn't sleep at night if she found him guilty. So there you go. That's what happened. That is how the system works. I get it. But 
man. And, you know, this could be retried, obviously. We'll see. Yeah, but the problem with the way the system set up, there was, as of now, no form of punishment, not even a slap on the wrist. That's, you know, it's... Well, he's been in jail this whole time. I mean, Why? excuse me. That's, I mean, I get it, but I'm just saying, it's not like this guy hasn't, he's just been having a peachy life since no, this I happened. Know. But, right, it's, there There are legal things in place to serve as punishment if, if he did something wrong. And obviously he did something wrong here. This isn't, uh, you know, nobody's saying Walter Scott should have ran away. Yeah. Of course not. But... He could have easily gotten shot sitting in his car. So, because we've seen that happen as well. Yes. For a routine traffic stuff. So this is another one. This is another thing you see. And it concerns me that these, you know, that the, this incoming administration is not going to be bringing f- civil rights charges against the cops. They, no, absolutely not. You know, you just know that's not going to happen. Again, it's this blind support unless they disagree with you. And then you can say, ah, go fuck yourself. The Pope, Joey. Yes. Pope Francis. We haven't talked about Pope Francis in quite a while. We got a couple of good things here. Got some quotes in the email, and I'm going to read them to you right now. This is Pope Francis. Yeah, okay. This is Pope Francis on spending, on spreading disinformation. All right? Mm-hmm. Fake news. He says, spreading disinformation is, quote, probably the greatest damage that the media can do. I think the media have to be very clear, very transparent, and not fall into no offense intended, the sickness of coprophilia. That is, always wanting to cover scandals, covering nasty things, even if they are true. And since people have a tendency towards the sickness of coprophilia, uh, a lot of damage can be done. The means of communication have their own temptations. They can be tempted by slander and therefore used to slander people, to smear them, this above all in the world of politics. They can be used as a means of defamation. No one has a right to do this. It is a sin and it is hurtful. He described disinformation as the greatest harm the media can do because it, quote, directs opinion in only one direction and omits the other part of the truth. I find this guy fascinating. He's so tapped into what's going on. He's talking about, obviously, it's a veiled critique of Trump and, you know, the fake news that was out there and things that contributed. Mm -hmm. The shitty job the media did of actually, you know, actually being unbiased as opposed to being biased in the guise of being unbiased which we've talked about a number of times this guy gets it and he's so tapped in it's very very interesting thoughts on this uh i think he's going to be a power for the good he is a power for the good but um he's this he i i feel he's disillusioned because he uh really you think a guy that lives in a castle and believes you know that he literally speaks for god is a little disillusioned Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. No, God, I get okay. You, no, go ahead. I get wow. you. Ooh, hot seat. Um, <laughs> I'm going to wear this this robe and talk to Jesus. Okay. Okay. The The point is, is he understands what's going on and yeah. he's trying to spread the message. However, by him, like, by him not stating that the media is there for profit and not mentioning that as well in that statement, I feel does a disservice to what he's preaching about. Nah, but he, okay, that's that's fair. But he's talked about that before, though. No, I mean, he's I, talked I about corporate influence and money above everything else. Yeah, absolutely, he's talked about that. Um, I think he was just being specific here. Like yes. the media, it is sinful to do this, you know. He, and of course, it's coded in religious language. But you know what he's saying? Uh, oh my god, I just got a very rude hand signal from one of our my coworkers. Was the middle finger. Oh, wow. Uh, Pope Francis on abortion. He said, in the eyes of the Catholic Church, abortion remains, quote, a grave sin. 
In the same way, however, I can and must state that there is no sign that God's mercy cannot reach and wipe away when it finds a repentant heart. May every priest, therefore, be a guide, support, and comfort to penitence on this journey of special reconciliation. So, okay. Well, he's, I mean... He's giving hope to the hopeless. That is his function, and he's doing it. He's doing the right thing. Right? Yes. He's not like, go crazy, have all the abortions you want. He can't say that, obviously. But he is saying, these are people too, and they're going to need your help, and don't fucking shun them and no, be no, no, ridiculous. No, 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 no. They're more than just people. They're human beings that need to be loved and supported. Of course, probably more than, yeah, absolutely. Right, they're going through a tough time. Yes. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. something I want to bring up just yes. a- along the along the road. On Tuesday night, Ohio's GOP-led House and Senate passed legislation attempting to ban abortions as soon as a fetal heartbeat can be detected, which is early as early as six weeks into a pregnancy. Fantastic. With, That's great. With no rape or incest exception as part of a last-minute amendment to a child abuse bill. Fuck you, you pieces of garbage. And also, six weeks. People don't even know they're pregnant six weeks sometimes. Yeah, but you know what? There's a heartbeat. So what? You can't ban an abortion at six weeks. That's insane, Joey. I know we can't. People don't even tell their family they're pregnant for three months. It's bad luck. I get that. Do you? And I know we're not going to have the argument. No, we can have the argument. But people who are pro-life are very, uh, very happy at this. Oh, of course. Amendment. No, I'm, I'm not saying they're not. Absolutely. Of course they are. Physicians could face a year in jail if they perform an abortion when a heartbeat is, is present or within that, you know. How would they even know? Because I thought they just sucked it out, so. Well, they know based on the time frame. Oh. And if they fail to check for a heartbeat, then that's another thing that they could be have charged. Yeah, it's just them. automatically, yep, check. So again, this is just a way of trying to skirt Roe versus Wade. They're trying to make abortion de facto illegal by passing these extreme measures. It's I, on John Kasich's desk now, so we'll see what he does. John Kasich, the the measured, you know, reasonable conservative. Let's see what he does with this bill. All right, I have a question for you. Don't pass that. The Kasich thing. It's important. This is a guy, when he was running, where everybody's like, he, at least he's the moderate. He's the reasonable mm-hmm. one. Okay, we'll see. I have a question for you. Yes. Donald Trump ends up being a great president. Why don't you just ask me the question? Okay. I'm going to ask you the question then, Donald Trump. Shoot. Why is everyone so afraid of you overturning Roe versus Way? My big balls. I'm not afraid to do it. No, but why? I'm pro-life as fuck. Uh, no, 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 no. But why? Well, they're because he's does society come crushing down if we choose to keep the babies alive? Like I'm, I'm confused. Why is there such an upheaval about this? Well, it's it's an under. First of all, it's already been legislated. It's already gone to court and it's already been decided. Yeah, but if there's another court case, let me finish what I'm saying. So okay, so number one, so it's already settled law. But Okay. okay, outside of that, you're taking agency away from women. Women have, the, like, I get a woman pregnant. Yeah, I'm part of that situation. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I'm not carrying the child. If she yes. wants to have an abortion or she wants to have birth control, it, it falls along all of those lines where it's like, if women can't control their own bodies and sexuality, then you take power away from them in society. Because if a woman can't decide to be on birth control, then she can't really regulate when not to have a child unless she's not having sex at all. Mm-hmm. She could get pregnant. Then it takes her out of the work for it. It's a, it's a whole domino effect. It's not the only thing they're trying to do. 
they look at it as a religious argument of like, it's wrong to kill these little babies. Mm -hmm. And okay, we can have a moral argument about it. I'm not loving the fact that there are abortions. I'd rather there were zero abortions. I'd rather people did have the kid in a loving environment, raise the kid adoption. I wish that process was smoother and better and kids didn't end up in terrible situations. But the reality is it's going to happen and you're either forcing people to do it back alley in a very dangerous way, or you're giving people back the agency to go, you know what? I'm an adult person and I can make a choice based on what I want to do, not based on some imaginary God that you believe in that told me some, you know what I mean? It's like that, okay. that's the problem. And Donald Trump is paying lip service to the idea that he is some pro-life guy, but I guarantee you that somewhere along Donald Trump's history, there was an abortion somewhere in there. I guarantee it. Wow, that's fucking heavy, Come bro. on, dude. Really? Wow. I can't believe you just said that. Never once that somebody wow. that Donald... All right, I, that's pure speculation. I don't yeah, know. 100% speculation. Please do not send but real, hate comments. But really? No, I don't think anybody's going to hate comment that. It makes... Really? You don't <laughs> think so? You don't think that... What, Donald Trump... Come on. No, you're right. But even still, it doesn't even that doesn't even, it's immaterial. Point being, Donald Trump doesn't care. No. <laughs> Donald Trump's not pro-life. It's just a thing that he says. And now he's, you know, gonna appoint people to Supreme Court and make a lot of decisions based on this idea. So congratulations. I have another question for you, Mr. Trump. I'll decide in a second if I'll accept the question. All right, thank you. Um Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so my time is very precious. Again, just, just for the record, you told everyone you're going to drain the swamp. It's going to be terrific. It's going to be one hell of a swamp draining. But you have seemed to have appointed uh, yes. a very conventional Republican regime. Of uh, course. How is that draining the swamp? They're the only people available. Next question. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, but that's what it is. You know, It's like, well, first of all, the people that voted for Trump thinking he's going to, quote, drain the swamp are so disillusioned. I mean, it's unbelievable how crazy that idea is, that that somehow this guy who's part of a billionaire as part of Manhattan, the New York elite, mm. who was a Democrat probably for most of his life or was at least funding both sides of the aisle to get his own shit done. The idea that somehow he's going to come in and be the guy of like man of the people that was going to support the middle of the country and get rid of all these Goldman Sachs. Are you fucking nuts? That's just never going to happen. And we talked about that extensively throughout yeah, the did. primary process and the whole thing. Beyond that, it's the same problem Obama ran into. Obama maybe would have liked to appoint more progressive people, newer faces. Guess what? They don't exist because you have to go to people that have experience. And that's why Trump's picking them. Obama had to pick a lot of old Clinton people. Why? Because they're the only people that know how to do the job. Hmm. You have to go to to you know Goldman Sachs people because they're the ones that actually understand the institution. Never mind the fact that they're going to you know t rape and pillage, but that's who you have to go to. It's nature of the beast. Or if you don't have to do that, you really got to you know be wanting to go a different direction. Trump doesn't want to go that direction. Yeah. So that's why. But we voted for that different. Direction. I didn't vote for him at all. You didn't vote for him. We didn't vote for shit. Are we going to have a civil war when Hillary Clinton hits 3 million more votes? No, nobody no. cares. That's not how it works. It's not how it People works. People can keep talking about that all the want, all you want, but that's a fucking loser attitude. It, it is unfortunate. And now we're a bunch of winners. Well, we're all winners. The Yeah, she got more popular votes. It doesn't matter. That's not how the that's not how the game works. That's like playing a hockey game. You beat me 4 goals to 2 and mm -hmm. I go, "Yeah, but I had more penalty minutes." Okay. 
It doesn't matter. We don't count. That's not how you win a game. You win by goals. You win by electoral votes. You don't win by popular votes. It's not how it works. Period. You know, it's frustrating. Change the system. Work on that. That's what we should be talking about. Not like, man, Hillary really won, but she lost. Okay, yeah, she did. You're right. It sucks. More Use it only to make yourself feel better about the fact that you're not outnumbered. You know, people that have like the liberal idea mm-hmm. or, you know, think, you know, want to treat everybody fairly, whatever you associate with Hillary Clinton, there's more of you out there, yes. right? They're just concentrated in the wrong places. So don't go to Alabama, okay? Go to California instead. Go to New York. Go to wherever. Gotcha. Right? You, go you, to the you, city. Yeah, you're outnumbering the people that think the other way, but they played the game better and they won. That's it. Move on. Change the system. Get rid of the electoral college. Figure it out. Change the, the nomination part. We've talked about it. Yes. There's things you can do. But, you know, yeah, she won. She won the most votes. Correct. Do you know who also failed? Uh, who? Al Gore. Oh, uh, Joey, I, that's a good transition, but why did Al Gore fail? What happened? <laughs> 2000. He tried his hardest, man. That was a disaster. That was worse than this. You think that was worse? Yes. The hanging chat and all that? Yeah, not in terms of Trump becoming president. I think Trump becoming president is an unprecedented, who the fuck knows what's going to happen situation. But, but you know, he won the electoral cut. It's not like there's anything really in question here. Al Gore could have probably, you know, he might have won. I don't know. He might have actually got, he could have won. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was an absolute disaster. Al Gore, now that you mention him, Met with Donald and Ivanka Trump on Monday. Ooh. I had a meeting beforehand with Ivanka Trump. The bulk of the time was with President-elect Donald Trump. I found it an extremely interesting conversation and to be continued, and I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) I haven't done an Al Gore impression in quite a long time, so I hope that came across very well. Yeah, I think you're going to have to stay away from that. I'll work on it, sure. Um, But anyway, yeah, he met with them in relation to climate change. I think he gave Ivanka a copy of Leonardo DiCaprio's After the Flood documentary, which quite good, I got to say. It was on National Geographic. I I didn't know it was going to be good. Very well done. Nice. Um, I'm just going to mention this as a side comment. Yeah. I'm not doing well on the titles. Oh, no. I didn't even think about it. I know. Well, if this episode's like untitled, then that's what it's going to be. Okay. You ready to talk about Edward Snowden? There isn't more with that? Well, what is there to say? He said he's not going to say anything else. He goes, I'm just going to leave it at that. Why wouldn't he say anything else? What? The the, the meeting was 25 minutes and that's it? Maybe they agreed not to discuss it. You know what I mean? Trump hasn't said anything about it. Uh, You know, listen, I think Trump thinks it's a hoax from China. Does he, though? Does he, though? That's the problem. All right. You're right. Fine. You know, like, I I understand that there's we have to kind of take him at his word, but I don't believe that Donald Trump doesn't think climate change is a real thing. I don't believe him. That's another one of those things. He's playing the idiot too well, then. Well, he takes one to get elected by one, right? <laughs> he had mm. to he had to convince a certain base of people, I'm with you. And they bought it. So he acted like them for a while and told them what they wanted to hear, and that's what, what happened. But I, I don't believe him. I, I don't think Ivanka Trump doesn't think global warming is a real thing. There's no way. There's no way you own all these businesses around the globe and don't recognize changing weather, changing this, changing that. Like, things are changing because of climate change, and you have to recognize that reality. He does recognize it. I'm sure he does. Whether he's going to do anything about it, I don't know. It seems like he's appointing a lot of people that are climate deniers in his cabinet. You know, so the the signs aren't good. But the fact that he meets with somebody like Donald uh, Al Gore, at least, at least that. Do you think that Ivanka's going to 
be a uh, a pillar of support for Donald Trump? Do you do do you think he's going to lean to her for opinions and stuff, or do you think she, or probably not? Because they, uh, I see, I it's tough, you know. I really don't know. I mean, I guess he would. It seems like he does take her counsel seriously. You know, she's always around. Well, because everyone keeps on trying to relate Trump to to Reagan, and Nancy Reagan did like a lot. Yeah, because Ronald's brain turned to fucking spaghetti like Michael Slager in the last couple of years of his presidency. That's the he had Alzheimer's, and it's within. But she re- was a, a big pillow support. It's within, that's well documented before the Alzheimer's. No, yeah, okay, but I'm saying, but it's within reason that you know he started to lose it while he was in office. Um, yeah, I, you know, first of all, people want to compare Trump to Reagan because they look at Reagan like he's the greatest president of all time. Ronald Reagan was not a great president. You can go look at the record. It's just not the case, but they've built him up in this Kim Jong-un like, you know, deity figure of the Republican Party, this cult of personality and anybody that even slightly behaves like him, even though they're going to disregard his views on immigration and nuclear weapons and all this stuff. Okay, they're going to throw that out. They'll just pretend that Ronald Reagan believed what they believe now, even though that's not really the case. Saying Trump is like Reagan, all they're saying is Trump just says it like it is, you know, not afraid, talks tough. That's meaningless nonsense, mm. okay? It's nonsense. So, whatever. But yes, I, I think he probably will take advice from Ivanka. Why wouldn't he? Who else is he going to take advice from, you know? Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, hello. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen at all. Uh, Edward Snowden, Joey. On, I have a clip of him talking to katie play it play it play it yeah we're gonna play it he's talking about david petraeus and a plea deal interesting clip we'll talk about it and then we're getting into the trump administration update sound good oh nice this is like our little way into it what would a plea deal look like for you you know i'm not actually sure because i'm not a lawyer uh but the idea here is when most people who are involved in uh government or the intelligence community are involved in some sort of case uh, where the government goes, this person was acting in good faith, they were trying to do right by the American people, but they did break the law, no charges are ever brought, or they're brought very minimally. Perhaps the best known case in recent history here is General Petraeus, uh, who shared information that was far more highly classified than I ever did with journalists. And he shared this information not with the public for their benefit, but with his biographer and lover for personal benefit. Which, obviously, we've talked about before, and I've yes. said this, that what Petraeus did, way worse, and people are going to complain and be like, look what they did to poor the general. It's a disgrace. He got a fucking nothing. He had to pay $100,000, and he's going to end up being Secretary of State. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, conversations that had uh, information, detailed information, about military special access programs that's uh, classified above top secret conversations with the president and so on. When the government came after him, they charged him with a misdemeanor. He never spent a single day in jail, despite the type of classified information he exposed. When we had the most senior intelligence official in the United States, General James Clapper, who lied to the American people and all of Congress, that piece of garbage about the NSA spying. Uh, not wittingly did we spy on the... Ugh, what a garbage person that guy is. He's just good at using definitions. Well, he's semantics and... Yes. Yeah, not wittingly. Well, first of all, he's lying. He knew fucking damn well. <laughs> on camera, under oath, 
in the Senate. We played that on the show too. Yeah. With Ron Wyden. He wasn't even charged. But giving false testimony to Congress under oath, as he did, is a felony. It's typically punished by three to five years in prison. Are you suggesting there's a double standard between high-ranking officials no. and lower-level employees such as yourself? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm suggesting it. I think everyone's aware of it. Uh, we have a nice. two-tiered system of justice in the United States where people who are either... What about Hillary? Okay. Oh, please, just let him finish. <laughs> let him finish. <laughs> Hillary with her email. ...connected to government or they have access to an incredible amount of resources get very light punishments, whereas people who are from more vulnerable populations, they live in more precarious situations, they're in inner city youth, will be very much tread upon by our justice system. I love Edward Snowden. Pardon Edward Snowden. No. B.O. Let's do it. Listen, no one's getting pardoned. Chelsea Manning is not, Manning is not, he's not. Uh, who else? Baghdadi's not. <laughs> Bergdahl. Bergdahl is not, thank uh, you. Yeah. Meanwhile, then anybody we, else we can uh, throw, then when throw we, away when, when that's not going to get pardoned? When we end up talking about Abu Bakr al Baghdadi, you're going to be like, Al Bergdahl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. But th this guy should be pardoned for sure. And Chelsea Manning's nah. sentence should be commuted. Yes. Not going to happen. Well, we'll see what happens. Okay. What? Can a president pardon at any point? It's just like, uh, like yes. a. Like, yes. Kind of like a ceremony thing where we do it at the end. Yeah, it's so. Yes, it's typical. So, so Trump can walk in and go, "I pardon these people," and be, I think and, so, yeah. and that be the end of it. Yes, I think so. Okay. Um. All right. Trump administration update. You ready for this? Then we're gonna wrap up yes. the program. I did. I must have skipped that article I was talking about with the uh, the climate scientists or whatever. We'll have it for next week. I'm we have more than enough. We're fine. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Bernie Sanders in a Washington Post op-ed criticized the Trump-Pence carrier deal, and here's his quote in email. Trump has endangered the jobs of workers who were previously safe in the United States. Why? Because he has signaled to every corporation in America that they can threaten to offshore jobs in exchange for business-friendly tax benefits and incentives. It is not good enough to save some of these jobs. Trump made a promise that he would save all of these jobs, and we cannot rest until an ironclad contract is signed to ensure that all of these workers are able to continue working in Indiana without having their pay or benefits slashed. Okay, Bernie, relax. I would like to phone in Donald Trump one more time for today, maybe the last time if possible, please. Please hold for Mr. Trump. Hello. Uh, Mr. Trump. I like that. Is this Joey Noe yeah, again? Yes, it is. Thank you. I like that tax rate of 35%. I agree with that. Why is everybody else against that? You're fired. Whoa, he brought it back. Wow. He said you're fired. You don't hire me. Uh, I don't work yes, for I you. Do. you do. I don't work for you. As president of America, I run this whole country. Therefore, <laughs> you work for me. Okay. Okay. Come here and clean my golden toilet. It doesn't work like that, sir. You're fired too. Uh, what are you asking? I don't know. What do you want? Okay, I'm asking Donald Trump. Yeah, just I ask agree me. with. Okay, yeah. Why is everyone flipping a shit about a 35 cent tariff, a 35 percent tariff? Well, because American businesses don't want to pay it, and they find ways so, around it. So either you pay your workers or you pay the tariff. So you choose which one you pay. That I, seems I, like a fair. Uh, I think you're confusing a bunch of different things here. I don't really know what you're asking. The carrier deal essentially was he gave carriers seven million dollars. No, I, I forget the carrier deal. Okay. We have a company. 
Yeah. They want to increase profit, so they move to another country. Right. Make the shit in the other country. Yeah. Bring it into this country. Well, sell it in other countries, yes. No, no, no. We're talking bringing the goods to this country. Yeah, and all over the place. No, 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 no. Just just this country. Okay, yeah. What? Yeah. 35% tariff. Right. Tax, yeah. Tax. Why is everyone flipping out about that? Because they don't want to pay it. And that's not what's happening. So then don't move out. Well, okay. So this is why I was talking about the carrier deal, because it's a prime example. Okay. Carrier finds it cheaper, because they can pay workers cheaper. Mm Mm-hmm. To build their product in Mexico. Yes. Trump said during the campaign that if companies are going to do that, Nabisco or whatever, Carrier, if they're going to do that and move those jobs over there and let the Mexican workers pay them less to build the products there and sell it for a bigger profit, he said if you're going to, that's go ahead, but if you're going to bring your products back here, uh-huh. we're going to tax it at an additional 35%. What didn't happen is that thing in this deal. What he did oh. was he said... I got them to stay in America. Great, because you keep those jobs, you know, a percentage of those jobs here. But instead of charging them to do that or, or he's giving them, them money. Somebody, yes, he's paying, he's bribing them to stay. He's giving them seven and a half million dollars to stay here. So instead of actually getting more money from these corporations for trying to leave he America. He spent money. Yes, he spent more money on it. So that's the problem. Like That's the backwards logic. If he let them go to Mexico and then actually tax them, I wouldn't really mind that. You know, like, I think that's a good idea, but it's not practical. They're not going to, it's not going to happen because he's not enforcing that. So, so he failed. Well, he failed in practicality in, you know, optics. It's a win because the people that agree with them are going to look at it as a win. The people that got their jobs back, obviously it's a win for them. And people that don't like him or, you know, or don't support him already knew that this was going to be bullshit. And so what difference does it make? So it really, it's a net positive for him, I feel like, because the media is not going to cover correctly. They're just going to go, you know, he was able to keep them here with some tax incentives, but, you know, that's in one ear out the other. I heard Trump saved those thousand jobs. Thousand jobs. Right? Yeah. That's a win. Trump saved a, win. a thousand jobs. Trump saved a thousand jobs. Never mind the fact that 800 went overseas. Well, how much you had to pay or for Or wherever it. they went. They yeah. went to Mexico. Uh, yeah. And the fact that it's going to cost taxpayers $7 million to pay for, again, which is a subsidy and a, a, you know, it's just a welfare program for those workers huh. and corporate welfare. But okay. It's a win. I didn't vote for this. I didn't either. I don't feel responsible. Uh, Trump has chosen retired Marine General James Mattis, whose nicknames include Mad Dog, Chaos, and Warrior Monk for Defense Secretary. He will need a congressional exemption to become Secretary of Defense uh, if he's going to become Secretary of Defense, but obviously the Republicans control both houses of Congress, and so they'll be able to get that exception. The rule is you have to be out of active duty for seven years. He's only been out of active duty for three and the reason being is this is supposed to be civilian controlled. The military is supposed yes. to be civilian controlled. And so a guy who's just out of command is not, strictly speaking, a civilian. You know what I mean? He still has That nah, can roots. be overlooked. Well, and it will be overlooked. Yes. Um, thoughts on Mattis before I get into some of his quotes here? Um, I kind of... I like the pick, and I'm going to tell you why I like the pick. To me, I do too. Right now, as of right now, knowing mm-hmm. what I know, I like the pick. Okay. Uh, to me, I I understand it's supposed to be a civilian position, but I would rather well, have it be somebody of a military background 
who understands when to go to war if necessary. Well, okay, I, I get that point. Definitely, I think I get why the restriction is put in place. This guy doesn't seem like the guy you'd be too worried about. It seems like he's learned his lessons from being overseas and, and being involved in war zones and, you know, commanding soldiers. So I think, okay, I think he could be an exception probably. Uh, the idea, though, is civilian control of the military. That's why the president is the commander in chief. It's not a, a general that runs the military. Ultimately, it is up to the president. It's okay that the advisor, though, like the secretary of defense, is from the military. I think that's fine. But again, it's civilian control of the military, which is something that needs to be respected and needs to be a thing that, you know, is honored. In this case, I feel like this might be an okay exception, although I don't necessarily think that this should be a common thing where, where we go out of bounds to get somebody to run the, the defense. Department. I have a question for you. The defense department. What? How can you in the same breath say warrior monk and then mad dog? Aren't those like two polar opposites someone would assume? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, who knows? There's people that have different nicknames from different groups of people to his soldiers. He might be mad dog too. People that are at the higher levels. He's, he's, he's the warrior. warrior monk, you know what I mean? All right, so let's let's hear some of his quotes. To Marines in Iraq, he said, "Be polite, be professional, but have a plan to kill everybody you meet." <laughs> Which I got to be honest, that might rub people the wrong way, but that's correct. Like if you're really in they're command, not, they're not there to make friends. <laughs> no, but you be polite, you be professional. You can make friends. He's not saying that. He's like, but you don't know. We're in an unknown unknown area here. I don't have a problem with that. That that quote has come up a number of times. That makes sense to me. If you're c controlling people's lives, really, you are. Uh, that's okay. Mattis is against waterboarding because it doesn't work. Uh -huh. This is reasoning, which is terrific. I, it'd be better if he was like, because it's illegal and we're not allowed to do it. But also, <laughs> but also, he's saying it doesn't work, so they're not going to do it. So that actually gives... That's but that good. would help, considering Trump is supposed to be the law and order candidate. Well, and Trump has talked about bringing it back, and we're going to be very tough on it. Okay, but... You got to do what works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do what works. He's against scrapping the Iran deal, which is good. He's called Iraq a strategic mistake, all right, and thinks that land-based nuclear weapons should be rethought because of the possibility of a false alarm or, or making a mistake. So sounds to me like a guy that's got his head on straight is not for torture, Okay, uh, you know, these are things that I can wrap my head around, and I, I want Trump being advised by somebody like that. Do you have some quotes here, Joe? I think I asked you to maybe look into it a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the, see, because I have one quote that uh, that got to me. Okay. Uh, this is going back to what's known as the Mokoidib wedding party massacre. Uh, he's known by saying this that it had taken him 30 seconds to deliberate on uh, bombing the location. So, he, and 42 civilians had died. Or it was a wedding and all that. It just seems and a little bit... And who they kill that? What? Who'd they kill in that? I, I, I don't know who the primary was. Well, that would was. probably be important information to know why it only took him 30 seconds. But, yeah, I mean, look, are we going to pretend that our military... <coughs> is not going to make choices that end up killing civilians. They are going to do that. Mm -hmm. And are we going to pretend that Obama hasn't ordered strikes that have resulted in civilian deaths? Yes. So that to me isn't disqualifying. And I don't know the details of that whole story. So what would be disqualifying for a secretary of 
Well, uh, the things that I mentioned that I like about him, I think I would find disqualifying. If he was for waterboarding, if he thought nuclear weapons were a good idea, if he thought Iraq was a good idea, like he's come out and said the right things about the right topics. If he thought that the Iran deal was, he doesn't believe the Iran deal is actually going to keep them from getting nuclear weapons, but he also doesn't think we should scrap it. So that's fine. Like he seems to me like somebody that at least sees things the way that I see it. It doesn't okay. mean that his, his his solution for the problem is going to be the same or whatever, but he's seeing things factually, which I think is crucial. All right. So, is, so well, you know, what do you, what do you, what else do you want? So is there a slight possibility that Donald Trump recognizes that this one individual happens to see things that way? And maybe just maybe the other people he's appointed happen to see things in the same manner. No, I think I think you've seen that uh, Michael Flynn, his national security advisor, is the opposite of this. Uh, there's a lot of people, Pompeo, that we talked about at CIA. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people around it. I, I don't. So we, why make this pick then? We don't know. That's the problem. He has no governing philosophy. There is no overarching idea of how this thing should work. I don't know how he's picking them. Gut instinct. Okay, but okay, maybe okay. he made the right pick with. With this guy. We'll see. So one out of 15 ain't bad? Right. Well, right. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I don't know how he's picking them because he's picked a lot of people that I... I, I Names I, out of a hat? Yeah. Ben Carson has been nominated for uh, Housing and Urban Development Secretary. That doesn't even make sense. He's... Well, it does actually. Brain surgeon. Other than... Amar- he's a goddamn brain surgeon. Other than Amarosa, only black guy I know. <laughs> oh, that's Jesus. great. That's great because it uh, says... Oh, come on. Donald, you were doing so good. What? What did I say? <laughs> uh... You know, it's like Ben Carson's not qualified in any way. Yeah. Uh, None. Well, we see how it goes. I don't trust that guy to run anything, let alone, you know, vulnerable communities. This guy's going to be involved. Like, I just don't like that. I just don't think it's a good idea. And we see how it plays out. Yeah. Trump, we're almost done here. Yeah, I think this is actually the last thing. Trump took a call from Tsai Ing-wen, who's the president of Taiwan over the weekend. The first such conversation between a United States president and a president of Taiwan or a leader of Taiwan since 1979 when ties were cut at China's behest as part of the one China principle, the idea that Taiwan is independently governed Mm -hmm. and it's its own island, but China does not look at it as Taiwan. It looks at it as part of China and do not talk to Taiwan as though it's its own thing. It is part of China. Well, I could see where that might be an issue for some people. Okay. Well, yeah, I get it from China's perspective. I have some quotes here. I'm going to say this. Uh-huh. When I first heard it, I go, I don't necessarily mind that. All right. Uh-uh. I, I like, I don't think that the United States should necessarily not talk to the leaders of another country because China says not to do it. Here's the bigger problem. He might not have known that that was what he was doing. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's the more likely scenario that he was just like, oh, really? I got a call from Taiwan. Beautiful. They're going to call it. Congratulate me. He didn't know that he wasn't supposed to talk to the leader of Taiwan, possibly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he knows enough about the situation to be uh, antagonistic about it. He might have just fucked up. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. That's the concern. You know what I mean? Because there's it, apparently this is a big deal. Now, outside, I don't, I'm not like some, you know, Sino American fucking expert. I don't know. But this seems like a big, you know, I've, from quotes that I've read that we're going to read, it's an issue. Um, we, the United States should be able to take calls from people. No, the, these quotes you have are f- from Donald Trump, so he's going to be speaking again? No, I don't no? actually have anything from Trump. Oh, okay. We're, we're done with Trump for today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go take a nap. Okay. Uh, 
Gang Shuang, who's the China farm. <laughs> what? Are you serious? <laughs> that's the title right there, Gang Shuang. That's just a person's, that's a uh, Chinese person's I, name. I'm what are you, out of your mind? I'm 31. That's great. You Say are it. 31 years old. Say it one more time. I believe it's Gang, G-E-N-G, Shuang, <laughs> S-H-U-A-N-G. Okay, go ahead. Are you nuts? Yes. I'm going to have to cut this out. No, you're not. You fix it in post. It's just a Chinese name. <laughs> okay, I don't know what you're laughing about. Okay. You're crazy. Read the quote. He's a... Fu- <laughs> He goes, it must be pointed out that there is only one China in the world, and Taiwan is an inseparable part of Chinese territory. The government of the People's Republic of China is the sole legitimate government representing China. This is a fact that is generally recognized by the international community. Evan Medeiros, who's a White House National Security Council Asia director, says the Chinese leadership will see this as a highly provocative action of historic proportions, regardless uh, if it was deliberate or accidental. So he recognizes what I'm talking about. This phone call will fundamentally change China's perception of Trump's strategic intentions for the negative. With this kind of move, Trump is setting a foundation of enduring mistrust and strategic competition for U.S.-China relations. Yeah. So I have a question. Before Trump picked up the phone, didn't wasn't there a secretary? And they'd be like, yeah, you're not supposed to talk to that person. That person doesn't exist. There is no president of Taiwan. No way to know. No way to know. Mm. I don't know. Well, like... Was it a direct cell phone yeah, message? Wait, 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 it was like a, yeah, it was yeah, a cell phone. Yeah. Hey, Donald. Yeah, it was a cell phone Congratulations. Call. It was a cell phone call, yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, oh, I also had something for you here. I said, Joey, this could be your homework, too. Did you do any nah, research? I didn't, no, you no, didn't no, no, I didn't bother. Stephen Moore, who's a Trump advisor and absolute fucking... But I can't stand this guy when he's on. He goes on Bill Maher all the time. He's a pawn, and he's willing to accept any right wing bullshit. He's a clown, and he denies climate change, and he's a fucking yes man idiot who can't engage in a reasonable conversation, even on like a low stakes all right television show. This is what this dumb no, 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 fuck no, 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 has to say. No, I want an audio clip. I don't have one. No, 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 no. you can't. Go attack somebody and not have audio to back I'll it up. I'll read his quote, it's and then the you'll say something while I look for a clip of him, and then we'll wrap up the show. All right, fine. He says, if China doesn't like it, screw them. We got to stand by Taiwan. We see what's happening to China with the way they're saber-rattling out there in the East. What are you talking about? And it's about time we do what Reagan did. We stand up to these bullies and say, we're not going to let you do this. That's not a policy fucking asshole this guy is such an asshole (laughs) and man i'll listen to people republicans talk and i'll go okay that's a good point or if i don't agree i go okay but that's a reasonable person this guy is not reasonable dude when he's on bill maher he just talks over people doesn't let people say what they want to say and he just goes that's crazy you don't have to it's like ah i fucking hate this guy he's such an asshole and he's one of trump's like advisors about this that's a problem i think it's great screw him are you stupid you're a presidential advisor. Do you think screw him is the right policy? So, all right. So China doesn't accept that Taiwan is its own thing. No. Well, yes, they don't accept that it's an. China it's, views everything that it controls as part of China. As part of China, that's the idea. So, how did they let that guy make the phone call? Well, they don't own uh, Tsai Ing-wen. She's the. They they got to put people down there. You, you got to be well, no. What it's your not like that. Be, see, because the problem is, it is actually kind of its own thing. Taiwan, it does operate sort of independently. It has its own president. You know, it still has relate. It's still part of China, but it's its own thing. So, China, this one China policy uh-huh. is just sort of not acknowledging the reality of the fact that Taiwan is its own country. All right, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so, just not independent, right, really. So, question. So, I have a piece of paper here. 
on the piece of paper, does it say Taiwan is a country? Well, what do you, yeah, I guess so, but it's not independent of China. So then, it, so it's not written on the paper then. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Is it, is it, uh, does it have a UN spot? Like Puerto Rico is a, a territory of the United States. Uh-huh. It's not a state. Same oh, kind of, oh, it's one of those things? Kind of, yes. Kind of the same idea. Yes. Oh, damn. Let me find a clip of this idiot, Steve Moore. All right, we'll just play that. I didn't listen to it. I don't know. Oh, God, not this something is, random. This is just Steve Moore talking about Brexit, I guess, with Sarah Silverman. Okay, good enough. Oh, wait. Here's one of Bill Maher saying, have you lost your goddamn mind? No, let's just... Well, okay, let's just play this clip. I don't know. Have let's do it, and then we're going to wrap up the show. So let's just hear what this guy sounds okay. like. I really fucking can't stand him. He's very annoying. Because they're totally misinformed. This is Sarah that Silverman. Is I love a real her. <laughs> thing. You know, there's something called Brexit that people voted for totally against uh, their Yay, best. Brexit. You were okay. against Brexit? Are you serious? I, I, right. Self-government. Um, right? I mean, what were okay. you, why were you What are you Brexit? talking about? They promised, <laughs> they had huge signs on the sides of buses that said, you know, $325 million go to the EU that be, could, could be yeah. going to our health care. They had no intention and said they had no intention Gary, when Brexit Gary, was voted through. Then people are Googling what Brexit is after they voted in. Gary Johnson. Hey, pun. I'm, I'm, wow, yeah, that's really I'm, passionate. Yes, oh, don't yeah. show my neck. My neck goes crazy when I have passion. <laughs> you know, you know what would... <laughs> <laughs> you know what would help that a lot? Exfoliating. <laughs> I know. I think of you every day. Gary Johnson is clearly unfit to be president, but what exasperates me about anyway, this is Gary not Johnson Steve Moore not talking. Knowing oh, you see what Joey? See what you did? You threw us into a fucking tailspin. Oh, here he's going to cut him off. Is that neither does Donald Trump? And the problem right. is that a year ago, right. people should be giving Donald Trump pop quizzes. Name me five countries in NATO. Right. What's the difference between Hamas and Hezbollah? How does a bill become a law? No, I agree with this guy. The the audience laughed, but he's right. This is what the media failed. Why not? They asked Sarah Palin, what books do you read or whatever? What ma- it I was read- newspapers. Well, it I was read what- all of them. It was what newspapers, yeah, That's a gotcha question. I don't read, but th- that's what they should have been asking Trump. Like, hey, who is the president of Taiwan? Do, do you know that? You know what I mean? It's like, ask him those questions once in a while. See what he says. You ever heard of the phrase, don't bullshit a bullshitter? Trump would have the perfect response. No, he wouldn't. Other than naming that person, no, he doesn't have the perfect response. He's unserious. It's so and he should have been treated as such for the last year. The way the professional That's not so we should get a dummy? Oh, you mean by knowing things, they're sick yeah. of people? Yeah. We should get a dummy. He's and the whole idea of, he doesn't know all of, of people you know, all being of these. against people who do book learning. Yes, it's, it's not. You know, we want somebody who knows how to create jobs. You're just saying. We don't have enough jobs in the Unemployment, once again, facts, unemployment. Is four point nine percent. Bill, you know it's not. When you count That's the people, the, when you count the people oh, oh, who dropped oh, out of the workforce, when you count people who have part-time so jobs it, because of Obamacare, so, the real unemployment rate in this country so is ten when, to twelve. It, but see, but that's that same fucking argument that I get pissed off about. It. See, I, I can't. Well, all right, that's okay, Steve Moore. We're, we're not going to. Okay, because it. that's the same fucking argument where it's like, well, if you count this and you count that, yeah, add it to the rest of the unemployment numbers. It's still lower, dum dum. That's how it works. Like, that's Steve Moore. All right, yes. he just. I'm just going to talk over you. No, Bill, you're crazy. Yeah, facts aren't facts. You're right, you fucking dunce. All right, so... That's that guy. So, He's a real dummy. I'm going to give you some homework. I want fuck, you to showcase... I'm next busy week, as fuck. Next week, I want you to showcase why you hate him so much. I just did, I thought. N- not well enough. Nah, that's okay. If you guys want to do some research, go look at Stephen Moore. I'm, just type in Stephen Moore real time. Bill okay. Moore, and you'll see 
numerous quotes of them and just watch the episode. You'll see. He's a total putz. I don't like the guy at all. I'm done, Joey. Great job, Chris. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening, Samsonites. We appreciate all the support all the time. Go on iTunes, the mandatory Samson podcast. You can subscribe to us on there. You can review, you know, leave a nice comment. You can give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate that. You can also go on soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can leave a comment on the episode. I'll respond to that. We'll have a little conversation on there. Email us mandatory Samson at gmail.com. I respond to all those emails. And if it's a uh, something germane to the conversation, we read it on the podcast uh, and it helps us, you know, get into some interesting conversations. I'm at Mansamp, M-A-N-S-A-M-P. That is short for Mandatory Samson. That's on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, I'm going to try to get more active on Instagram, I think. So if you guys want to follow me on there, that'd be nice. Ooh, what are you going to post pictures of? Posted a picture today. Go go to my Instagram. You can see it. Oh, nice. Uh, Joey, you're at Joey from Jersey on everything, yes? Yes, I am. Snapchat, all that. With a Z. Me too, yeah. Mansamp on all social media. Check me out. That's it. We're going to be back next episode. God knows what we're going to be talking about, but I bet it'll be interesting. I love you. Talk to you then. I bet you it's going to be about Donald Trump. You got that right. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah.